say the black of the belly, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sisters on welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. But please don't oh, cry, try guys. Like never let something. up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your Did you get some? Did you get I did. I approved that. I just. Okay, we're recording. Um. Wow. Well, we're really fucking up, aren't we? <laughs> Yo, I missed you, man. It's been a while. This is, you know, I was just like on like six Zooms today and I'm like, aren't we over this, people? Have we not, like, why are we still on Zoom? What is going on? I feel like we have the worst of the worst tendencies during COVID and then the worst of going back to the real world all mashed up in this like turbocharged Miami that we live in now. It's, it's been a little like, let's just be honest. Like I think for some odd, weird way, this year is worse than last year. Go on. Okay. Here's my theory. I really do feel like last year when the lockdown happened and we all had this collective conscious pause, right? Everyone was like mourning together. Everyone was discovering each other. Everyone was like in this like collective moment. And a lot of people have had like really like epiphanies in their life. Like they're like actually had a really great lockdown experience or you know I was able to rekindle my relationships with my family members or I was able to do a passion project like all of these like I don't know these like life-affirming moments last year and then I don't know within like a span of like when did everyone kind of started to get vaccinated and like we were starting to open like all of that shit we like all self-discovery and nonsense out the window. What the fuck, bro? What the fuck? What's going on? What's going on? We're just on? a selfish species, man. I mean, philosophy is just another tool for survival. And we had that last year. We confused philosophy for like depth of morality. And now we don't need philosophy anymore. And so we've thrown that out. And now we're just going back what serves us now which is to like you know avail ourselves of the world and you know going back to what what serves us in the more you know near term so i i don't know i'm i'm a little cynical about the whole premise of your argument which is that we you know we were in this like state of you know of, of being in touch i i, I just don't see it oh, sitting so where you, we are today so you don't even think last year was like it was just kind of like fake, like the whole like being fake woke and fake everything. It was just just like a, a facade. I, I, well, it was a facade that we believed, right? So, but it's it was ephemeral, clearly, because we're going back to the same shit. It's really depressing, I have to say. Anyway, I would like to welcome everyone uh, back to the fake podcast. <laughs> oh, we're we're already we're already in it, buddy. We're already in it. Yeah. Um, I know. In case anyone yeah. was wondering, we're we're on brand. 
Yeah, we're we're back we're back at it. So yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, the last like it's just been like every week has been collective amnesia. Like there was some like big traumatic incident, and then we're on to the next big traumatic incident, and like just we've been propelling in this weird like dancing on this thin line of just like YOLO, and at the same time like when is the alien invasion like when when is that fucking yeah it's coming it's coming hey by the way i have a traumatic west coast experience as well because i remember uh on episode 92 whatever um you talked about your horrible west coast experience oh yes about almost being attacked in san francisco by zombies in the starbucks maybe yes correct um, I, I, uh, was almost carjacked. Where? In San Francisco? Yeah, on Dahini. Shut the fuck up. What happened? I was just at a light and all of a sudden I hear like, like you know, like a sound and there's some dude in a hoodie trying to get into the back seat of my car and on the <laughs> opposite side. And, and so then I like, I apply the gas. What? I'm at the red, red light. Luckily, uh-huh. I'm like in, in right, you know, in front of the red light. No one in front of me, and so I kind of just like press the gas a little bit, hoping that moving five or six feet forward would, you know, uh, deter said would be Jacker. Uh, but then he comes at me again, <laughs> and this time, he, like a freaking zombie, and uh, and he and he looked like a zombie. I mean, the dude was—I don't know if he was just like some cracked out homeless dude or if he was like legit trying to like carjack me so then i had to like run the red light um Holy and then two shit. blocks later the a bus driver like a city bus driver rolls up next to me and like motions for me to roll the window down and she was like that guy just try to like get in your car i said yeah she's like you gotta call that in i was like first of all i wouldn't even know where to call it and i wouldn't even know what to tell them you know some vaguely menacing dude you know a few blocks back try to get into my car you know damn so was it one of those like i saw my life flash before my eyes moment or was your cynicalness being like oh another day in san francisco the latter it was like you know i i I realized i don't really process trauma immediately (laughs) story of my life I guess that's a survival mechanism, maybe, I guess. Yeah. It wasn't that traumatic. I mean, it's, it's more like a story than it is anything that really scared me, you know? Well, I just think it's also like another example of the fabric of our society just crumbling. Because like you were just saying, like, the, who do you report to? You like call 911 and say, I got a carjacking. They're going to be like, great, here's an online web form, fill it out. I mean, unless you are like, I don't know, um, Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix, like no one gives a shit, you know, no offense, Ben. I mean, I'm just saying. I need my own private militia. Well, I think it's like this recent, I mean, bro, the last eight days, there's been how many shootings in Miami? Yeah, I mean, and no one is talking about it except for 
I mean, the only people that are like excited is like some fake Bitcoin conference that everyone's coming down to. And no one wants to talk about the, like literally two miles north of me, 22 people got shot. Think about that. 22 people. And two men were killed. Okay, so think about this. No one is talking about it. Why are we not talking about it? Because they're black. Like, what, what is it? Like, the police, I would be shocked if the police has this case open for two, two weeks, let alone, like, just making a case close. Well, like, it's pointless. Remember in the 90s, well, remember the 80s, I think it was actually even, when you had all these German tourists getting killed because they, like, got off the wrong exit from the airport. Yeah. You know, now, now they have those like big signs that are still mad confusing, by the way. I even get lost still and I freaking live here. But still, people would like, you know, take the wrong exit and they get shot. And, and it was horrible for Miami. It was horrible for tourism. I think what happened institutionally was Miami, like this complicity between the authorities and media started where it was kind of like a, you know, let's hush up as much of it as we can because it's bad for business. Like I, you know, there's just way more going on than, than, than what is reported and than what we know about. And I think the city of Miami Beach and police department particularly has done that, you know, for, for, for many years. And, um, you know, I think if you look at the statistics, Memorial Day weekend, obviously it's a militarized zone these days, but the statistics were not that much different, you know, in terms of crime than let's say when a music conference. Um, but certainly the incidents were reported more. I don't know if that's still the case. Maybe Memorial Day is worse now, but I remember that wasn't the case before. I think it was just a reporting issue. Well, I think it's also just, again, the lack of our trust in the police force or in any really centralized systematic government of them actually going to get justice. You know, like, that whole kind of social contract is being lost now. You know, if this, if this grieving father wants justice, he's gonna have to go and figure it out himself. And that is kind of like, you know, that's, that's kind of the reality is, it's like, if you are not in a position of power, like, why did we all like come to some like, um, like, you know, rally when Lady Gaga's dog walker got shot and her dog got kidnapped. And then when you have like a mass shooting in North Dade and no one just, it's just like a kind of like, eh, whatever. It was, it was gang, it was gang on gang violence. Well, well everywhere feels like Gotham right now. Like we just need a bunch of bat, bat men and women. See, I was very uh, egalitarian there. Um, but uh, I think that, I don't know. At what point do we, you know, like, I know you and, and we have similar inclination to like, you know, kind of, you know, fuck shit up, right? Like rage against the machine, institutions should crumble. So we have a little bit of that, right? A little punk rock, like stick it to the, you know, to the man. Um, but at what point, like, does that get, because I know you were celebrating, remember you were celebrating GameStop and all that stuff. You're like, oh yeah, another institution crumbling. But like, at what point do you say, you know what? Maybe we want some institutions, at least for the time being, to stay in place so that no, the, it's not all the institutions falling at once. Like 
there's a little bit more of a like a steady slope of creative destruction as opposed to just an all-out orgy of destruction. I think it's I think ultimately there are certain like fundamental rights as humans living in this society that we should all kind of honor. And one is safety. You know, I think that is something that we live in a first world country. I understand there are certain pockets in this country where it is, it is kind of like a fucking war zone. But at the same time, like when a crime takes place, there is an inclination that you want some sort of resolution to happen. So I will, great example, another interesting San Francisco tidbit. One of my husband's best friend who has a house in Castro district in San Francisco, he was away out of town for two weeks. Cause you know, that's what people in San Francisco, they have money, they go out of town, da 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 da. Comes back. His entire house is literally gone, like robbed from floor to ceiling, everything. And he was a music producer. And so he had thousands and thousands of dollars of musical equipment gone. Literally, like he walked in, the door was open, just completely shattered. What does he do? Call the cops. What do the cops do? Oh yeah, there's, there's been a lot of breaking and entering in this neighborhood, you know. Sorry. And then the guy asked- Bon chance. What? Bon chance. What, what is that? Good luck in French. Oh, right. And then the guy, so the poor guy's literally like, what the fuck, bro? He was like, so are you not gonna do any like fucking fingerprints? Like, you know what, you know, he goes, uh, we're a little understaffed right now and uh, we'll get, we'll need to get back to you. We're gonna file the report and get back to you. Long story short, this guy ends up hiring his own private investigator to figure out who potentially robbed it, it, mainly his his gear because he doesn't care about the rest. It's like he has these like analog gears. So he's going on his own to try to like figure out and solve the crime. And you're just like, okay, like you're getting taxpayer money. Like I'm, I as a taxpayer is giving you funds and resources to somehow give me some sort of a semblance that you give a shit. And these guys are like, Sorry, boss. Like, you should just never should have left town. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's no wonder like vi vigilantism is going to start to creep up. You know, people are just going to take that stuff into their own hands, right? Your guy hiring his own security and his own investigator, like, you know. And I wonder, man, I mean, I think the pendulum always swings, right? Uh, so, like, at what point, you know, to defund the police start to become an issue, right? Uh, you know, like we got to have that conversation, right? Um, understanding the basis for the, the sentiment is a real life consequence of some of that stuff, right? Yeah, man. It's been wild. That's all. You're not going to respond? Is that oh, oh, well, too, I, too controversial? No, 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 no. I think if you look at other third world countries, there are, you know, certain class structures and they have their own private security. So, I mean, if that boils down to it, that we're just going to be living in some weird, like, 
post-Venezuela state of the union, then sure, yeah. you know, at the but end of the day. That's mad on democratic too, right? I mean, that talk about of course. You know, further redistribution of like not wealth, but of, of, of basic human rights to safety, which is the way you referred to before. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's just that for me, the contrast is so dire. And I'm always like, I just like joke about it because I, if I really genuinely sit with it, it's, it, it is quite, it is quite heartbreaking. And that's the only thing I could do is like joke about it. I'll post about it. You know, we'll get a little laugh about it. But at the end of the day, I'm like, when is the fucking shoe going to drop? Because this is not sustainable. Like this is, this is beyond normal if you want to call you know like this idea of like normalcy of like balance you know how they we always like to say the universe likes to be in balance it's so not in balance and I'm just like what like everyone's just like tippy-toeing like we're just like when is the shoe gonna drop I mean I I think the answer is you've got to whatever you're spiritual practices right you got to deepen it right now because if not like you got to deepen them roots because the winds are blowing you know um it's wild hey uh have you seen the uh new uh netflix show no um pretty you know like i said it's been interesting navigating post-vax world I feel like um, Miami is a, a microcosm of just the insanity that's, you know, unfolding. It's like, again, the contrast is, 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 is crazy, but yeah, I don't know. I've just been like, bleh. Well, just consider yourself lucky not to have listened into the conversation I just listened into at Panther Coffee. It was like the most cliche scenario of all time. Was it, it involving was, Ethereum? <laughs> yeah, tangentially. It was a uh, it was this like dude in his like early fifties, um, you know, like too tanned and a little too like you know, HGH'd out um, in like a tank top, sitting with two like. Yeah, relatively attractive Eastern European quote unquote realtors and them explaining the market to him and then them talking about like, you know, Joya Beach and how much fun it is and like the relative merits of continuum versus living in Sunset Harbor. It was, it was like straight off of the set, like, you know, it was just scripted. Was it? Was there? Was there a video camera following them? Was he a YouTuber? The, just the video camera of my mind's eye. I, I, it's like seared into my brain. I can't get rid of it. Oh man! And yeah, of course, he was here for the crypto conference. Of course, the fire yes, festival. He is, and, and yes, he is teaching his kids about crypto because, of course, it is. The future yes the future i mean hey man i mean again I, my brilliant idea is strippers should 
tattoo their cash app QR code on their ass and boobs. And then so if they want tips, you just like get your little QR code and boop. You know, we should, little... you know, we should, we should have as a guest is we should, we should have a, uh, a stripper on the next show to talk about Miami right now and the, that whole thing. Well, A, I don't really know any active strippers, Ben. <laughs> Me neither. Um, <laughs> pause. Uh, no, I don't roll like that anymore. Um, anymore. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. How... They got stories. They got mad stories right now. Oh, I'm sure they got mad stories. I mean, mainly maybe not strippers, but maybe high class like escorts. That I that one I actually that's probably better. Yeah, I mean I think they All got right. I, yeah. I know a guy that knows a guy. <laughs> oh man, that knows a gal. Um, I did want to ask you, you know, because I feel like again, twenty twenty one just you know does not hold any punches. I feel like every everyone has been dealing with their own set of traumas and you know reckonings. How did you feel like a weight of anti-Semitism in the last month with this whole free Palestine thing, or were you like cynical as well and said, "Oh, another day, another anti-Semitic response on the internet"? Well, <laughs> it's really interesting because. You know, I grew up in Europe you know, as, a, as a Jew in Europe. And so anti-Semitism is like, you know, it's in my birthright, you know? So I don't, I'm not at all surprised by it. And the one thing that I actually had a lot of compassion and empathy for, you know, it, it hasn't affected me in any deep disturbing way because I take it for granted. And I've always thought that, you know, it's a luxury of American Jews to, to at least feel like they haven't yet experienced anti-Semitism. Not that I would ever want it. This is not a moment of schadenfreude for me or, or, or gloating. But what I, I have felt deep compassion for is American Jews who for the first time are feeling this. Mm. Um, this is like their first real experience with it, um, that it's in the mainstream, you know. And so I do believe that some of the anti-Israel, uh, you know, uh, sentiment that's being expressed, you know, clearly has has spilled over to uh, you know to being anti-Semitic. That's not to say that criticism of Israel is necessarily anti-Semitic, um, you know, because it's not. It's just the manner in which you, you you frame the issue and you describe it, and the rhetoric you use, and the extent to which you divorce yourself from the factual, uh, you know, what's happening factually. Um, you know, the extent of that, I think, reveals, you know, um, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, whether, you know, it may be naivete in some grounds, it may be genuine compassion for the plight of the innocent Palestinians that are killed or injured. But at times, to me, seems like it's really just a, you know, like a grab bag, you know, um, where people are just going to that for, for some other reason that maybe they're conscious of, maybe they're not. And that, that I think is disturbing, but less, again, less disturbing for me than it is for a lot of like my American um, Jewish friends. Hmm. So you didn't feel any sense of like, oh, this time is different 
as opposed to just being like, oh yeah, we're going to see this pass and we'll move on to the next race. No, it's a, it's a watershed in American anti-Semitism. Like mm. I think a threshold has been passed, you know, where it's a little bit, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. Um, you, know, may, you know, maybe the genie was like going to explode at some point anyway out of the bottle, but now it's out of the bottle. Um, yeah. But you know, I think, I think you know what's so interesting. You know, if, if we if we look at it at a distance, is you know how it, it just seems like the you know the the, the bigotism or the racism seems to be cycling through different populations. You know, like right. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's a, it, less than a month and a half ago that we were talking about you know anti Asian violence and. Um, you know, uh, and then obviously, you know, the, the, the granddaddy of them all, right, which is um, George, you know, uh, George Floyd and, and the history of race as it pertains to uh, being black uh, or brown in this country. So it's kind of a weird cycling, right? It's, uh, everything just seems to be, everything's kind of flushing out. And I do think it is a result of the normalization of white supremacy. Okay. Anyway, more fun stuff. Um, let's talk about Fauci. Wait, Those did you emails. see Mayor of Easttown? Did you see Mayor of Easttown? No. Is it good? Yeah, I would see it, man. You'd love it. It's about Pennsylvania. It's about oh. trauma. Great. It's about... No, there are no Asians. And, yeah. and the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, sorry. No Jews either. So there you go. Yeah. Well, it is Pennsylvania. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, no, I it that uh it's the um Kate Winslet playing of Pennsylvanian investigator. Is that what it is? That's what it is. And she has like you a weird weird Pennsylvania. I did I did binge all three seasons of startup. The oh. really horrible yet quite entertaining set in Miami about oh, how God. Miami is literally the money laundering capital of the world, which is true. Yeah, but you know what? They lost me five minutes in. That's when I shut it off. When they were uh, <coughs> talking about Little Haiti being the most dangerous neighborhood in Miami. Uh, I understand. There are some, you know, tropes there, but the overarching... <laughs> The overarching storyline is quite entertaining. I highly recommend it. Great uh, acting, great writing. Um, give it a gander. Yeah. yeah, go go give it a gander. It's one of those like late night binges. Yeah, so what's a positive takeaway for, you know, like that we can just leave this with so we don't stew in our typical moroseness, morosity. Um, I don't know. You know, the positive of this is I'm like, okay with the moroseness. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think we're both comfortable in it. Yeah, I think, you know, the older I'm like, I had this weird, like, you know, a couple months ago, I was dealing with a lot of issues at work. And, you know, I, you know, there was a lot of things that were coming up and I felt like I was kind of like a de facto therapist for a lot of artists. And, you know, like you were saying, like a lot of these, you know, young 
Jewish Americans were coming to grips with their first like big anti-Semitism, you know, piece like, why is Bella Hadid don't like, you know, like these like come to Jesus of them being Jewish in America or other, you know, like, you know, BIPOC artists or just like, and I guess being the kind of the jaded Gen, Gen Xer and on the staff was like taking in a lot of the anxiety and just like the vent. And at one point I was enjoying it because I felt like I was in a position where I felt I could give some good advice. Like I had some viewpoints that maybe can curtail them. And then the, lo- the more I was dealing with it, I was like, time the fuck on bro. I do not have, I am A, not trained as a therapist. There are professionals out there that actually do this for a living and they actually have skill sets that have been taught to them on how they can deal with other people's emotional labor. And B, like I am a pretty strong-willed person, but man, your stress is stressing me out. And I was like, bringing that shit home and I was feeling all like and like weighted and I was like you know what I realized that at one point I was like maybe I should go get like a degree in psychology and like maybe this is a new career path and then I had this aha moment the other day where I was like no Esther that is your ego talking because in some weird way you like being kind of needed right? You enjoy people telling you their traumas or whatever, and you giving some sort of semblance of an advice. But at the same time, it's like, no, like, it's not really, it's, I cannot make it about me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's like the therapist needing to go through therapy. Like, I don't, I'm not in a position to be a therapist. Because that takes a lot more of a whole shift in your worldly views than just being like, I just like, you know, being needed. And it's like the ego talking. And so long story short, I have been a little removed. And if people want to talk to me, I say, not right now. (laughs) Bravo, bravo. So you just don't have to, I don't have the mental and emotional capacity to talk about your traumas right now. I just, I don't, I just don't want, I don't want, at first I was like enjoying it. And then now I'm like, I really don't enjoy it anymore. I'm like, you had a shitty childhood. That's it. That's all I can tell you. It's all childhood trauma. Read Gabor Mate. Keep, keep it moving guys. Keep it moving. I get it. Cause I'm catching it downstream right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, Oh, yeah. Let me talk. I, I would love to talk about this and da, 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 da. And then next thing you know, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. I feel like I should say that to you right now after that little soliloquy. Not right now, Esther. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> I was venting to you about Oof, not right now. Me. Not right now, exactly. It's, it's, go, it's all downstream. Well, that's why we do these podcasts because really it's like a filter events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, then we unleash all of these vents to our innocent listeners out there. All six of well, them. Well, I, I don't think we're, 
I don't think we're going to be in the comedic section of iTunes any longer after this podcast. We'll be in uh, what self help. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, or uh, tragedy or, or tra- tragedy drama. What? It, so my my biggest takeaway that was like <laughs> about these people with trauma, I was just like, you know what? Deal with it. That's like my, that's like my advice. I dealt with it. Everyone deals with it. Just fucking deal with it. Well, not, now Goodbye. you know why. Now you know why the baby boomers are so fucking closed. Listen, I'm just saying, it's a it's a lot. It's been a it's been interesting. I don't know what's what what is a good up uplifting moment. Um, Miami has a has a crypto coin. What's it called? It's called MIA. Oh, so, fuck off. It's so go buy it. It's point zero 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 one cents. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um. And all right. Well, I got a I got a roll. I got a four thirty. Oh, you're going to a crypto conference? Yeah, totally. I'm gonna go with my new friend and his two realtors. All right. Well, let us know what um what meme coin is going to be rallying up, and if we should buy the dip. I uh, if I knew what that meant, I, I would tell you. No, I think I'm going to buy the dip. Actually, I, I've been buying some coin, but that's for next episode. Okay. Okay. Next episode, we'll actually get a real crypto expert on, and we could talk. About why don't it. we get a um? Why don't we get an escort who invests in crypto? Oh, we could get an escort whose clients are people in crypto. All right. Okay, work on that. All right. Dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up.